Welcome to the Sports and Media Show with Jeff and Joe. Jeff Owens is the WEIU-FM director at Eastern Illinois University, and Joe Gisandi is the author of Field Guide to Covering Sports. The Sports and Media Show is a sports podcast that talks about the media's coverage of sports. Now, let's go to the show. And a good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Sports and Media Show. I'm Jeff. I'm Joe. Uh, no, no guests today, so it's Jeff and Joe. If you're watching, stuck on, with uh, us. If you're watching on Facebook Live or however you uh, access the Sports and Media Show, we appreciate all the good words we've got so far, and we uh, really do appreciate some of the support. It's always good to know at least somebody's checking us out every once in a while, Joe. Oh, absolutely. Uh, where do you want to start? Well, we were talking a little before here about uh, Dan Dockich, uh, what's going on at Michigan State. Um, where he was calling them a bunch of whiners. What was I forget the exact quote, but pretty much says that they they're not only a bunch of whiners, but they're dumb. And what's the matter? You can't get into UM yeah. University of Michigan, where his son incidentally attends. Yeah, I thought it was a low blow. I, and Dockich is known for that. He's got a radio show in Indy, which he he takes a lot yeah. of heat and he likes to do things like that. He kind of likes to stir the the pot a little oh, bit. Oh, very much. He's a Bob Knight disciple too. Remember, he actually coached under Bob Knight, and then he went to right. Bowling Green, where he wasn't very good. Uh, I'm not a big fan of uh, Dockage. I'm not. I'm not really a big, big Michigan State fan or Izzo fan either. But I, I like what Izzo Izzo stood up for the Izzo kids, and he stood up for the Michigan State uh, alums. And I like the fact that he did that. And uh, I know that ESPN is going to be in that quandary now because they love Izzo, and Dockage is one of theirs. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, two two things with that. One, I think the second part you were saying is that it's ethically not proper to be talking about that if your son's going to University of Michigan and everything. But then again, they're, they're entertainment and sports, and they have their own ethical yeah. challenges. Not that they don't do a good job, but, you know, they're having rights and covering everything. The other thing is, uh, Izzo was asking for an apology, and I, I love Tom Izzo. He was one of my favorite coaches. But the Michigan fans, I understand them getting into it, but who cares? Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was getting a lot more coverage than it might have deserved. I was worried it was going to actually blow up, and it did. And it got a little bit, yeah. and that was the fun stuff. I think it's kind of fun. He really had fun with it on Twitter if you went back yeah. and checked on it. A little bit, and I read a little bit this morning about the the feud still going on. Yeah, it's always good when that happens. It, of course, it's perfect timing for the NCAA. You know, football is done now. Uh, you know, you know right. hockey and NBA kind of in that lull where, you know, it's just kind of getting to the playoffs. The next month and a half really is NCAA time. People start talking about college basketball. So any good news like this is good. And honestly, Michigan State's not been playing that well. So this is a kind of a nice uh, a take right. uh, a takeaway for Michigan State to focus on something else. So that's where we stand right now with Dockage. But it's always neat when a when a member of the media gets involved with something like that. Uh, where's mm-hmm. it going to go and all this and you know, or if it's the real media, it could be the fake media. We don't know. Or the alternative media. <laughs> Uh, other things that are happening, uh, I saw where um, I, I did catch a little bit of the Sports Center Six with Jamal Smith and uh, Jamal uh, and Michael Smith. Uh, not bad. I, I think it's a work in progress. Yeah. I, I, again, I like them both, but I, I did not get a chance. I hope to see them tonight or tomorrow. I took one day off a little under the weather, and I, I wanted to make sure I, I watched it. And you know, I can see where they're going. It's kind of a different take on Sports Center. They're kind of you know, he's sitting around in jeans. I like the casual atmosphere of it, mm-hmm. but you can tell they're still not in. I, I think if you wait another six, seven weeks, and they really get into it, they'll probably catch a little bit of their own vibe. But right now, there you can tell they're still they're still newbies at it, at the way it's going on. Yeah, they haven't had as many shows as we have. Yeah, they're not professionals yeah. like us. Yeah, exactly. Uh, as you can tell right there. Um, 
Costas, Bob Costas, announced he's stepping down from the Olympics, and I believe he's also going to step down from some of his NBC Sunday night work. He'll still be around in sports. He said he's not. Don't put him out to pasture. I heard in a good interview with him, uh, and they said don't put him out to pasture, but he's still going to be around. But that means Tariko then will take a, a bigger step at NBC with the voice of the primetime Olympics, I mean the face of the primetime Olympics, as well as some of the uh, hosting of the Sunday night football, which I still think is the best packaged football program Sunday night football yeah, yeah, yeah the way agree. they do it of course when we think about who they have they had they had Costas they had Dan Patrick as well as Al Michaels Michael. how could you go wrong with those and three? I know you don't really like him but Chris Collins oh, wait, he's too. yeah he's popular I get it so it was a great way they did that so I think Tariqa will step in seamlessly for Sunday night football and I don't think anything will be missed missed but not seeing Costas on the Olympics I know we're kind of those old school uh, media types you, you just like to see that regularity I grew up watching Jim McKay for years who was one of the best ever yeah, yeah. and now uh, you know without Costas there Maybe it won't be the same. It won't, but uh, and I even though he does, he's done all those Olympics. I still think of him as a baseball guy. Oh, uh, his, that, he said that that's his first love is, is baseball. And think about this: here's all the people that we've lost in six months. We've talked about Costas is retired, Berman, Brent Musburger, Vin Scully, Dave Lundquist, Dick Enberg, and probably in a few years Al Michaels. So there's a real changing of the guard taking place in the media right now. Right? And they really said that probably when when Al Michaels retires, which probably will, they've got this year's Super Bowl. They have the, they mm-hmm. have the 2018 Super Bowl. That might be his swan song. So then that Tariqa will probably go from host to play by play, and then they'll just let Dan Patrick maybe do more of the hosting, which he's really good at anyway. He's my, one of my favorites. Who, who are, besides Tariqa, who, who are some of the guys or, or gals in, in sports that you appreciate? Dan Patrick is my favorite at TV and radio. His radio show, which also was simulcast on TV, I think is just good because it, it's, it's, it's 95% sports talk, a little bit of entertainment talk, but he doesn't be the, he doesn't, Dan doesn't care about being the entire show. Where some sports hosts love to be the show, and I, you know, I'll get into a, a take on what I heard about uh, the sports reporters with that. But Dan just like he'll let the Dan the Danettes get in there and do their do their shtick. The guests become the vocal point of, of the show, and then what will happen is as soon as the guest is done talking, instead of going to a new topic, Dan will let the other guys and then they'll discuss what just they just heard, and you kind of get to rehash it and get the different opinions from the Danettes on there. And he just kind of lets the show flow with some fun. It's not completely serious all the time. It was, no. Which it's a sports not, show it's really be. good. Yeah, I, and I love uh, well, Chris Russo, my other Mad Dog. I, I've really learned to like him on radio. I didn't think I would ever say that. He's great, but he grows on you. He, he well, he, he does, and, and and hopefully not in a bad way. He grows no. on you, not like a, he, he he understands sports. Yep. He he's he's doesn't he take any garbage. He he talks to good people. I know you really like uh, some of the guests that he's had on the air there. Oh yeah, they, I they, like him a great deal. Yeah. Um, what else for you? Um. For me, I, you know, I was actually before the show trying to figure out who are the ones that really jump out to me, and I was really struggling because I love I love Olbermann, yep, and I know he's not really sports full time anymore. Uh, I love Dan Patrick, I love Russo, um, Jim Nance. I think it has the perfect uh, you know voice for for yep. radio. I don't know. I mean, there's, I like there's Scott Van Pelt has been one of my favorites. He's very good at what he does. Uh, I'm trying to think. The girl that I really like on ESPN, she doesn't, she doesn't, not full time anymore, but she anchors Sports Center is Lisa Kearney. Uh, her, her, right. her uh, she's just, she's kind of has that just that little sassiness about her, and she just kind of has fun doing her job. 
Mm-hmm. And I, when you see people have that have fun doing their job, I like I like I like watching them. The Sunday the Saturday morning college football crew is good at that. They mm-hmm. have fun going to those different places and do that. They on do. The they, they have a lot of fun on yeah. that. I and, like, I, I, and plus anything with uh, you know Lee Corso on there has got to be pretty <laughs> yeah. good. Now I want to talk about a little bit about what I heard about the reason the sports reporters is gone is really. Because the the guy who took over hosting for John Saunders and his name escapes me right now. I'm having a brain lock. The uh, um, the guy that's been there forever from the New York, from the New York the New York writer. Oh, uh, it's Mike Lupica. Mike Lupica, who who who, who can be cr- pretty abrasive. Really smart, like him. If you're a New Yorker, yeah. I think you kind of like him. But what I was, heard he was behind the scenes causing a lot of the problems. His kind. He really thought he should just be handed that show, and his diva attitude kind of led to the, the demise of the sports reporters going away this coming May. Hmm. I, I, I thought I had heard that he felt that he should have had it before John Saunders. Yeah, that, that might be where this he has went. a From what I've read, and I don't know, I mean, cause I, I think he does a pretty good job, but I've, I've read things about his ego, and I guess if you're in that industry, there's a lot, but, um, you know, Dick Schapp was one who could keep him. I mean, he knew he yeah. wasn't at Dick Schapp's level, then again, who is? Uh, really? So that was, so he, it was his ego? Yep. Heard from uh, one of our listeners that, uh, remember Kenny Maine? Do you like Kenny Maine? He's kind of that funny guy, yeah? Yeah, at the end with the dancing and the stars and all that. I think he sort of, you know, jumped the shark, so to speak. But, right. yeah, I thought he was pretty good. He was trying to be something a little bit like Patrick and Norm and Oberman, but not yeah, yeah. I love Norm MacDonald. Yeah. I think I know a lot of people hate him, including yeah, my, my wife. But uh, he's a funny guy. Now, the other thing that happened this week on ESPN, they did a little switcheroo where the NBA guys called college and the college guys called NBA. But it really just let them another time they can promote Bill Walton. Because if you've listened to his broadcast on the games, mm-hmm. you don't know what he's talking about. No one knows what he's talking about. He's entertaining. I was not a big Bill Walton fan as a, as a as a player, but wow, what he when he is on doing a broadcast, you can't help but listen. Now sometimes you forget you're watching a game, and the other guy that's on the air with him might as well go get a drink because Walton is going <laughs> to dominate. Your thoughts on Bill Walton? He's a love him or hate him guy. Uh, you know, it's tough for me to ever hate Bill Walton. He's especially when they remember they for the national championship, he's dressed up as uncles. Yes. <laughs> well, well, last night he wore his tie-dyed shirt while yeah. the other guys were in their suits. I he's, mean, he, a, he's an old hippie there who is a hell of a yeah. basketball player, has interesting things to say. You're right. He goes off topic, off script, whatever, but he's he's entertainment. I I, I think he's enjoyable. Does he have a podcast that you listen to? Is that what you're saying? I've just listened to him on the broadcast. and then I wish he had a podcast. Yeah, he You'll have to does. check and see if he does. Yeah, or we can have him on this show, maybe. Can <laughs> think Bill Walton come on? Here, oh, well, I don't, I don't. Wow. I, maybe he would. He, he doesn't seem like he's. He probably uh, wouldn't say no if we get yeah. it, if we find the time. Uh, we'll go a little bit serious now. What do you think about all this stuff with the New York Knicks, uh, where you know <laughs> Charles Oakley was taken off in the middle of a a, a game? Uh, now they want. He wants to apologize. Uh, he was banned from the Madison Square Garden. Now he's unbanned from the Madison Square Garden, but says he's not going to go. The media just loves it in New York. All three of the ba- or four of the papers every this day. This is WWF or E, depending on your generation. Yeah, yeah. he's poking the guy at him. <laughs> you know, it, that's 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 the theater. That's New York theater. You absolutely have to love it. I look at it and I just sort of laugh. I grew up in that area, and and uh, but even if you didn't, I mean, it, it was hysterically funny in some ways. People are making a big deal about the ownership. What's happening is, Nick fans want to believe that that's a Nick town, and it's not. Maybe it was in the 60s and 70s, but probably not then. It's a town where they love the Yankees, they love the Mets, they love the Rangers a great deal, and, and the of Giants. course, and they love the Giants and sometimes the Jets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I just I it's find not it a next fa- town. No. It hasn't been a good for what 20 years, maybe. Uh, they've not been relevant since Patrick Ewing retired in right. Uh, yeah, 20 years, I would guess. People in that town are just so angry 
that they're not doing well. But, you know, when you don't get the balls bouncing, you don't get a LeBron James or a Kobe Bryant, that's yep. what's going to happen, right? And now that they've been saying, will they ever get one with what, what's happened with Dolan and this? So interesting. The other thing, I guess, negative news or news, depending on you, how you love him or like him, is Tiger Woods. It looks like the, the end is coming close to a uh, happening. He, he tried to play in a couple tournaments, didn't do well, pulled right. out of one. Now he's pulled out of the next few. I, I know his goal was to go to the Masters. That doesn't look like it's going to happen now either unless a miracle happens. Are we seeing the end of Tiger Woods? I don't know. I'm kind of sad because at the time I couldn't I, – I didn't want to hear any more about him. And then towards the end of his career, we wanted to hear a lot more about him. I think I'm, though, getting old enough where I don't care in this, this, okay. in this sense. That's when I was younger – I. I, I could not watch golf. I didn't watch one. I don't yeah, know if you did. I, I'm not a golf watcher, but I appreciate greatness. And I think what, what happened was we wanted him to get close to that record for, ma for major wins because you like watching greatness. You know, I, I, even though I can't stand Tom Brady, I, I appreciate the greatness of what he just did. And with Tiger, I wanted oh, him yeah. to get to 17. So then, at least on a Sunday, if there's nothing to do, you can turn that on and see if you're going to watch greatness. And I don't think we're going to get a witness greatness due to the fact that his back is just so bad that I don't think he can recover. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's a chance. He, he, I, I wonder if with these modern athletes where they train so hard that their body breaks down a lot more than the players back then were, you know, and, Satchel and, Paige or pick any, you know, any any player. And I think five years ago, CBS and the Masters probably would have been nervous about this, but now this young core of golfers led by Jordan Spieth are winning everyone. They're competing in every weekend at the top level. So really, he's almost, the rain's almost been tossed away, but it's, it's just sad to see a guy that, that that much talent just can't finish at least giving it his best on the course. Yeah, and, and another reason I, I, like I said, I don't care is that I actually watch golf now. I, I care. <laughs> <laughs> and so I know some of the players and I play it, you know, because I can't yeah. Do anything else because I'm an old man, uh, <laughs> you know. So I can barely play golf. <laughs> but did you? I watched part of the pro am this week. Did you watch any of it? I, I would flip. I can't say that I really did. I was busy. I flipped through a little bit to see it. I heard some of the interviews with some of the guys on some of the radio shows because I did a lot of traveling this weekend due to my kid sports. So I heard some of the interviews. It sounded like they're having a blast. It's it's mo probably the most beautiful course, Pebble Beach. But I didn't realize even when I was in there. Seven, the first, the last seven people who have won PGA events have all been under 30 for the first time. It's only happened once ever in the history of golf. Oh, wow. So all seven. So if, if Jordan Spieth wins again, Jordan Spieth only won one of those. And of those, half of them, I'm going, who is this guy? But I'm like, okay, this, this is exciting. Yeah. And Jordan Spieth is, yeah. he has the potential to be the next big superstar. There you go. I like that. There, he, that's the most we've talked about golf on the I show. know. But <laughs> Jordan Spieth gets me excited in the sense that he reminds me a little bit of Tiger Woods, that he makes these exciting shots. Yeah. And he's not afraid. And, of course, the reason he lost last year at the Masters is he tin-cupped it. <laughs> he kept going after it. He was like, yeah. one more ball. I'm not going to drop. I'm going to do another one there. there he's, a, he's a fun guy to, to listen to. I mean, watch. Another interesting thing that happened in media this week, uh, Magic John or last week, but we didn't get to talk to it. Magic Johnson, who's a member of the media, went back and took a job on as a kind of a part-time advisor slash assistant to the assistant general manager. I don't know. It really didn't really say what he is. He's Magic of, Johnson. Of the L.A. Lakers. Now, when you think of the L.A. Lakers, you think of Magic Johnson. I get it. Of course. It. But is there a conflict of interest there if you're in the media and you're working for the Lakers and, and he, now he's saying he wants to reignite the Lakers and some people in the media are kind of saying, well, what are you? What are you? What's your job, Magic? You know, in light of what's happened in the White House and politics these last six months, so this, is there even a conflict of interest? Is that the, the Americans that even care great anymore? great answer, Joe. No, I, I mean, it's just it's infuriating that, you know, the conflict of interest. The only reason I was a little upset about Dakish, Dakish was that 
he's perceived as a media person. He's not a journalist. He's yeah. a, he's a, he, and we're having all these conflicts with people going into the cabinet and maybe this. And I'm just <laughs> it, it bothers me, but I don't think people care anymore. Right, there you go. Now, the, Joe, you're on you're on fire today, man. Some great answers. You 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 were ready for this show. Um, I studied for about six hours this morning. <laughs> Got up at three. All right, what's on your list? What have we not talked about today? Uh, just one thing. You know, I, th- I think you've been impressed, and you've talked about uh, Gino at, at UConn and and what he's done. Oh, the hundred wins. Yeah. They won a hundred games, and people. I, I heard a lot of on radio shows, and I've read some stuff saying, well, you know, if he was coaching the men, he couldn't have done something like that. And I was thinking, well, could Patino and these other guys have coached a hundred wins with the women? Yeah. That's equally as impressive. If, if you know, I don't think one's more impressive than the other. What he's done has been nothing short of of, uh, of uh, um, miraculous. You well, know, and, I guess. And if, my thinking is, women's college basketball is that one sport that's on the periphery of being really up there as as one of the sports that we care about now in sure. this country. I'll be honest. I was at a Lakeland women's game. I did the PA last night here in Mattoon, and the the girls between the two schools, Wabash Valley and Lakeland, scored two hundred points. Women's basketball, there's a lot of good women's basketball players out there. So this is not like it, if this was 30 years ago when it was you know like five teams, Tennessee, Louisiana Tech, right. every year in the final. It's not that way anymore. The, there's women and there's young kids and girls in this country that are growing up playing a lot of basketball, and they're good at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, here, you know, here in Coles County, we have good basketball. So I mean, you think about it, I, I disagree with the, what whoever said that. You're right. It's 100 wins at the college basketball level right now is amazing. In Gino a row. Oh, my God. You know, it used to be. Yeah, and I, everybody struggles once in a while. Yeah. You think about it, and and so the fact that they're doing it and they're just rolling over people is unbelievable. They're knocking out 16 30-point wins in the quarterfinals or the Sweet 16 of the championship games. That's just crazy. I watched the highlights of the of the, the 99th winner of the 100th, and I remember when I remember the Sports Center guy was trying to sell it like it was close, and it was close for like four minutes. This was a close game. Uh, Con- There's Con- the tip-off. We're Con- done. Connecticut was kept it was was in a game, and then at one time it was like 30 to 10. I'm like, well, it really wasn't a game, but you know, it's tough for them to sell that. And, and, and people forget that John Wooden, when he was winning all those titles, what he won, 9 or 10 in 12 years, something like that, he was getting all the top players, and just like Gino is, right? And John Wooden, if you recall, said something. He still said that women's basketball is the purest form of basketball played because it's all played he loved it. and not above the rim. Yeah, oh, so absolutely. About that. It, an amazing accomplishment that he's got there. I, I, on the other hand, I do think it's kind of bad for college basketball to have one team to you be need it, so need, long. Yeah. You do need somebody to step up and at least compete with them. Notre right. Dame has kind of knocked on the door the last few years, but really hasn't been able to knock it down, and now they're down a little right. bit this year. And I don't even know if there's another team that can compete. Baylor was for a while, but I don't think right now they are. South Carolina, maybe. Uh, yeah, so yeah. It's, yeah, it's tough. Um, any other sports news before we uh, kind of go back into a little dead talk? Yeah, exactly. Uh, just one thing. Um, I was at a sports conference. Yeah, I was going to ask how that went. They help, oh, it's tremendous. We have, you know, next year, if anybody's interested, we, you know, we have people like Buster Olney. Uh, we've had Carl Ravish. We have Mike Wallace, who's not the one from 60 Minutes. Michael uh, does uh, the Grizzlies and ESPN. We have all kinds. Of, we had 24 speakers doing 29 sessions, and these are all top-notch people. But one thing, and being a baseball geek, I was in a session with Buster Olney and, and Derek Gould, who covers uh, the Cardinals for the St. Louis yeah. Post-Dispatch. And somebody asked him about the Hall of Fame and you know why some people, whether or not Bonds or McGuire will get in. And I think they both sort of think that it's going to happen. Yeah. And we've talked a little bit about this. But here's a question for you. What do you think? Buster Olney said that Mariano Rivera would be the first person to get in the Hall of Fame unanimously. Because he's the by far, no one thinks he's not a Hall of Fame player. And Derek Gould said, "I don't think so. I think it'll be the next year when Derek Jeter goes in." 
Mariano Rivera should get in. Now, remember, next year, everybody has he, to... They're talking 100%. Yeah. yeah. And next year, everybody does have to reveal their vote. So this this way, somebody can't do like what they right. did to Ken Griffey Jr., where the Cincinnati writer just didn't put him on because he never thought he was going to get found out. Well, then they got found out. So of course. Th- I think there will be 100% one next year, and it could be Rivera, just for the fact that everybody's vote is public. If it wasn't public, yeah, they all get together, and somebody's going to say, I'll be the guy that doesn't vote for it, so we can vote this guy to be your first 100. But is there a better choice than Mariano Rivera? If that, it's a perfect year for it to match up. He was dominant, other than one World Series pitch to uh, uh, whoever the little. <laughs> Wait, and it was a broken bat. Yeah, a broken bat single up the middle. He would even be better. They'd have one more title. Yeah, he's by far the only thing I can think of is someone who might not think like a kicker not getting in that a reliever shouldn't. But it's such an essential part of the game, and he was clearly dominant in the World Series. I was looking up some of his stats for the game. I think his lifetime ERA in the World Series is like point five. Yeah. Well, and if it's not so dominant, think about what every journalist right now is asking every major league manager in Arizona and Florida. You know, who's your starting pitchers? Who's your leadoff guy? And who's your closer? Yes. Because that's what we start talking about. Because we know who's going to bat three, four, five. Those guys are your established stars. Who's your leadoff guy? Your starting five and your closer. After that, you fill in the gaps. Yeah, he, he's absolutely no brainer. I, I, I still don't see someone not voting for Derek Jeter, but I mean he's ex- exceptional, but he wasn't the greatest of all time. Yeah, Rivera's the best at his all time at his position, where Jeter is in the top ten. Maybe yeah, you, you at say. least top twenty. Yeah, yeah. I mean he's tremendous. You're right, absolutely. There you go. All right, The Walking Dead. The uh, Walking we Dead came back after uh, the uh, winter hiatus. Uh, you know, got through the Super Bowl Sunday, and uh, it came back last week. And if you if you didn't get to watch last week's episode, you DVR'd it. We'll try not to give up too much, but uh, we're obviously we're a few days out, so most of these this stuff's out. Now, no major deaths, no major. Uh, action was really taken, but it really was one of the better episodes with little action, if that makes sense, because it really was a great setup episode. And even my own son said the one scene where they the cars had the wire and they, they just killed all the walkers might have been one of the coolest scenes he's ever seen on TV. Yeah, that's going to win some sort of Emmy Award or whatever for, for, for graphics. <laughs> I had no idea where they were going with that. I, that they, was that was. I thought they were taken off in two different directions. And they see this giant wire between yeah. two cars, if you haven't seen it, tough. Yeah. Um, and they go through and they just behead, I don't know, 100, 200? At least, A yeah. thousand a of thousand these walkers, things? yeah. yeah. With the cable there, that was that was an awesome scene. And then the other, the greatest line in the movie, in this, I'll give you a chance to your greatest line. I'll say my greatest. I don't know line. that I have a greatest. Oh, line. when Rick walked in and they go, oh, we didn't tell you, you got a tiger. <laughs> <laughs> when Rick's eyes looked at that tiger and he goes, yeah, he's got a tiger. I almost fell off my bed because I was just cracking up because of all the stuff that's going on. That you know, they they find that moment of levity in the in this show. That you know is kind of serious, but it's just it's so cool how they do it, and so I thought it was one of the best episodes just for the fact that they had some stuff like that went on, that went on. They're starting to get back because I think last season they started a little bit back because they're writing so. I love The Walking Dead because it's adventure. It's yeah. like the hero quest. You're yeah. going out there and you're and you're and you're exploring and you're learning something else. And 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 we didn't have a whole a whole lot of that the last couple of seasons. So I like that. I like the dialogue. And as I've mentioned before, I love. King Ezekiel. Yeah. Oh, Ezekiel. Uh, King. King. <laughs> King Ezekiel. Yeah, I love that guy. Yeah. I, I absolutely love that. And uh, the ending was very interesting. Yeah, it was good. It was what good. did you think about the ending when they um, went back to where they had grabbed the guns? Yeah, I just don't know what to think because Rick had that smile on his face that he knows something. I think he... You read some of the stuff that you think that he knows either. I don't know if he knows somebody in the group or he knows that this is enough people and he can convince them. 
There, it, I it, think it's that. I do too. And then I read that you know that that group did not appear in the comics. They've created that. They're called the Junkyard Gang. Oh, that's not. I see. I thought it was the women that remember no, the women a, that they came across. No, it's a new group called the Junkyard. It Gang. is a new. Okay. And so I think that he's excited that he can talk these people into uh, you know to to going up and and, and do uh, fighting the savior. So we'll see. That's really interesting because I had read some blogs on it and everybody was saying, well, it must be those women that remember she has yeah, the one character yeah. escaped from, and I thought, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But there's I a new group of characters, the yeah. Junkyard Gang. Well, go. they seem like. They're a bunch of BAs, so, so they they'll they'll be able to fight in the big fight that we'll inevitably get in the last show or yeah when the two. show ends or whatever. yeah when the show ends yeah. yeah all right that's all I have for this week's sports media podcast anything for you Joe I'm good too all right we'll be back next week and we hope you enjoyed it and uh, keep up uh, any of the words and comments that you want to talk we'll talk about for you just give us a, a holler email or uh, you can Facebook messages thanks. We hope you enjoyed the sports media show with Jeff and Joe. Check back weekly for the next show. This is the sports podcast that talks about the media's coverage of sports.